Hey everybody, this is Unpopular Truth and we're going to jump right in today. So get ready, get your seatbelt on, get your car started, take off. (laughs) I don't know what I was saying. I was going all over the place. You can cut it all up, can't you? So weird. So, oh my God. I can't help. We're going to jump right in. We're going to talk about boundaries. So get your seatbelts on and start listening. The whole point of this is to make sure that as Christians, we're not doing something that we think is a biblical principle when in actuality, we're doing something unbiblical. So when we say, oh, yeah, you got to have healthy boundaries. I think that we're misinterpreting it because we're not understanding it from a scriptural perspective. So saying, okay, let's define what a boundary is. I don't think we're going to be able to do that unless we just say, it's a restriction, it's a barrier. You don't like that word? No, I don't. I, I, I like any of the. I like some of those words. But yes, I think that you have to have a definition of, if you're going to use boundaries as a word, someone need like if I'm telling you, okay, listen, because you've done X, Y, Z, we have to put up some boundaries and here are the boundaries and why. So you have a description of why you have this set up, what they are. So the boundary is defined. So the boundary. For you you talking boundary and me talking boundary are two totally different things. Then when we can get on the same page, then you're like, oh yeah, that's exactly what it is. Do we agree that in a relationship, a boundary is a restriction? It restricts some part or component of the relationship. Yes. I think that... we agree on that? Say that one more time. A boundary in a relationship is a restriction. Yes. It restricts some component or part of the relationship. Correct. Oh. Whether it be on... Yeah, go ahead. So we agree. Yes, because it's either a restriction for me or a restriction for you. Right. About... It's still about me... But it's either something that, no, listen, it's, it's about me, but it's the difference is, is that it's what you are doing, saying, or acting that, that that's the reason that I have this, let's say boundary. Okay. But honey, I think that's the whole problem. I think that we have a culture that is abusing this idea or theory of boundaries yes i agree that they abuse it (laughs) i totally agree and they they abuse it in such a way that it is terminating relationships instead of furthering relationships or restoring relationships for sure and so i think the reason this is because they aren't because our relationships as the body of christ represent Christ to the world. Yes. And and those people aren't quote unquote doing healthy boundaries. All they're doing is 
putting boundaries up or putting barriers or walls up because they don't want to deal with their crap with this other person. And it's usually in, in, in my opinion, me telling you, Hey, listen, listen, I can't have you talk to me that way. I need you to change what you're saying because it is affecting me. And I know that you're not trying to do that on purpose, but this is what it's doing. And then that technically is a boundary for you not to do those things. And if you plan on keep doing them, I'm going to have to separate a little bit Mm. because I can't let you do that. Now, other people are doing this, like you said, unhealthy doing this. I don't like the way you talk to me so much cut you out. Well, they may be doing it that way or they're not wanting to um, basically look in the mirror and they're the ones that actually have the problem and they want to say this is a healthy boundary because you want to hold me accountable for things that I feel like I shouldn't be held accountable for. So it depends on who you're talking to on, let's say, boundaries because if someone said to you, you know, I don't want you doing this, 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 whatever. Or they said, hey, I'm just cutting them out because they're they're unhealthy. They're a toxic person, and I'm just going to put this boundary up, and I'm just going to cut them out. Well, chances are the person that's putting that boundary up is the untox- That's the probably the toxic person. Well, that's the reason that I want to talk about this because – Social media is just swirling with people talking about boundaries. And I just think as Christians, we got to have a really good understanding or else we're going to screw it up. Yeah. And I use those examples and I'm not saying that if somebody hurts your feelings a little bit that you need to just like, oh, no, no, we're going to put boundaries up. No. I mean, you also don't need to be wearing your feelings on your sleeve and get. I think that's you know. part of the problem. Oh, though, I, I, d- I definitely I believe that. that. I'm just trying to use that as an example that if me and you come to an understanding of, hey, this doesn't need to happen in our relationship and we need to put up these parameters, boundaries, that's what I'm talking about. And it has to be an agreement between me and, let's say, you. Well, let's talk about all that. Let's talk about some biblical examples of boundaries and let's talk about what they are what they aren't and how we should use them instead of abuse them all right let's do it okay so so i think in order to make this conversation not the dumpster fire that it was last time we attempted this we have to go heavy on scripture because we've already done this one time scrapped it and we're Ooh, I liked it because back for take two. it was a good back and forth. Well, it was back and forth is what you called it. I called it um, something well, else. That's because you didn't know what you were talking about, and I did. Nice. Okay. So uh, where do you think in Scripture that I'm going to go if I talk about the first boundary, the well, first biblical example If I'm looking at your Bible from over boundary. here, I know where you're going. That's cheating. Because Genesis is much bigger than that little section that you've got going on. So if we if we look at Genesis, if we think about Genesis, I think that's where we see the first boundary. Okay. And this is a boundary that God put in place, um, of course, for Adam and Eve in the garden. 
So in Genesis 2, verses 16 and 17, he says, let me get my page right. He said, uh, the Lord, this is what the scripture says, Genesis 2, 16 and 17. The Lord God commanded the man saying, from any tree of the garden you may eat freely, but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat from it, you will surely die. Do you think that's a boundary? It's definitely a boundary. Because God said everything but. but. Right. Mm-hmm. So he put a boundary in place. So why did he put that boundary in place for Adam and Eve? This is where it gets really good. Why did he put that boundary there? I'm literally asking. Oh, I didn't know. I thought it was the loaded question. You were going to tell me what you thought. Oh, I was waiting for the, I was waiting for the punchline. I was all intrigued on knowing why. Why? Are you asking I me? I am asking you what you think. Why do you think he put that boundary? Because, uh, well. Don't do it in like a theological sense. Do well, I was going like to say. A, yeah. Like a practical sense. So practically, why did he put that boundary on Adam and Eve? Why do we tell kids not to run out in the street? It's for their own safety. For their protection, right? It's for their protection and their safety. So same thing here. We see God putting a boundary on them for them. It's not for God. No. It's for them. So... Um, If we continued on in Genesis and we looked at chapter 3, right? We all know that's where things take a turn for the worse. Um, In Genesis chapter 3, I love this verse, 324. It says, so he drove the man out. And at the east of the Garden of Eden, he stationed the cherubim and the flaming sword, which turned every direction to guard the way to the tree of life. Now, if we were studying Genesis, which we're not, there's two trees, tree of life, tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It says here in this verse that he banished them from the garden and he put a boundary or barrier around the tree of life. So they were put out of the garden, another big boundary there by God. Okay, but why? Again, why? For their safety. For their protection and safety because he did not want them to live forever in their sinful state. Because God already knew he was sending a redeemer and a savior and everything was going to be restored to its original purpose but for now if they stayed in the garden it would have been to their detriment so see people really a lot of people think that he banished them from the garden as a punishment he did not he banished them from the garden in his providence and grace and mercy because it was for them so i can have healthy boundaries to keep everybody safe from me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's from my wrath. Okay, but see, that's <laughs> the whole thing. See, I think that we use, and I've done it in relationships. I think we use boundaries for self-protection when we're going to look at some more scripture, hopefully, and we're going to see that that's not what boundaries are for. Boundaries should be others-focused. Yes. And usually it is others focused, even with a boundary that is self, well, let me, I don't want to say self that way, but if, if we have a relationship and I have a boundary that I'm saying, Hey, this is something that we need to have in place in our relationship. It's essentially for both of us because we want to keep the relationship. 
So it is for the other person because you want to keep the relationship. But if that person wants to, you know, basically manipulate or whatever other word you want to look at on that boundary that you've placed, then that's, that's where that breaks down. And then you have to do something different. Well, does that make sense? No, you're, I don't know. I'm just thinking back. I, I mean, I've, we I've, have, we have boundaries in our relationship. There are certain things that we're like, yeah. Yes. You know, but. Ooh, 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 the, ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay. I know, ahead. I know, I know, I know. So the, okay. The boundary still though, honey, has to be others focused or relationship focused as a whole. Yes, 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 yes. So it yes, has yes, to yes, be yes. others focused to serve the relationship as a whole. Correct. That's, that's the way my I point. would rather you say it. Well, that's, that was my point. I just couldn't articulate it like you could. Well, okay, let's just look at some other scriptures right. really quick. So, because here's the thing. So, God is perfect in all of his ways, right? So, those boundaries that we see at the very beginning of scripture, of course, that's God. And him knowing everything from the beginning all the way to the end, it, you know, some might say, well, he's God. You know, he's always going to do everything right and perfect and put the perfect boundaries in place to you know, foster and navigate the relationship. So I just wanted to bring out some more, um, couple of scriptures that talk about boundaries. So uh, my okay. favorite Proverbs 4:23, it says to guard your heart. So God actually tells us in scripture to place a self-imposed boundary on our affections because and we've told the boys that all the time, oh, yeah, we've both told of our, our boys, our sons that yes, because that is what's best for me. I cannot let my emotions and affections just run rampant wherever they choose because that's not going to serve me well and I'm and I'm not going to grow in my walk with Christ if I do that so um, he says that Proverbs 423 guard your heart so it's a, a boundary that we're supposed to impose on ourselves second Corinthians 614 Paul tells the Corinthian church this is where he's talking about um, believers being yoked with unbelievers and he says don't do that he says if you're a believer you should be equally yoked with another believer um, if you choose to get married so another boundary that we see that i'm not supposed to marry an unbeliever if i'm a christ follower and then um just one more i know this is kind of rapid fire but james 4 4 and first john 2 15 says that we are not to link arms with the world. We are not to be a friend of the world, meaning I'm not supposed to have love and affection um, and be tied here to this world. So it's a boundary. Right, this is a temporary place. Yeah, it's a boundary. I'm not supposed to get all wrapped up in what's going on here and my possessions and my um, achievements and accomplishments and everything here that's just temporary of this earth. So... Again, I think it's a good example of another boundary. What do you think? I like all I think of those them. Those are good. Now, the last one, I'm, 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 I'm gonna want a little bit more of why is that a boundary? Because I mean, we're not supposed to link arms. With, I mean, you're like, you know, we're. Give me more. Oh, I'm with you on that. Okay. Nobody heard that because that was producer Matt. 
Yeah. Chiming so in. what did he say? He said, we're not supposed to do ministry with unbelievers. Yes. And I totally agree with that. I, I, I mean, because some people are going to listen to that. That's why I wanted you to explain it more because some people are going to listen to that and say, oh, but we're supposed to be in the world. We are well, in the world. We, we, we're in the world, no matter if we want to or not to be. I yes. mean, we're here. So, but I wanted you to clarify that more because that's why I was asking the question. Because you made it sound like we're not supposed to be in the world. But oh. we, you know, we, we are in the world. We're just not supposed to link arms and say that this is our, you know, our mission is to, our ministry is, shouldn't be linked in, linking arms with non-believers right. in xyz whatever it is yeah so i think those are great scriptures just to think about in terms of god instructing us about boundaries in our own lives yes and i'm so excited because you are saying that i can have boundaries i I want boundaries well lots of them don't you want to be i i only have a few boundaries it's not a lot of boundaries that i have oh gosh you have a lot more than you think, I think. They're I mean, good, healthy boundaries. They're good, healthy boundaries, yeah. All right, okay, so where so, are you going now? So let's talk about, um, so I think that those are good examples of boundaries that should be in place in our lives, but I think we need to talk about the misuse of boundaries um, that we're seeing all over the place, even by Christians. Well, mostly by Christians. You can't well, expect unfortunately, the, well, you yeah. can't expect a non-Christian to act like a Christian and have biblical boundaries. Well, I think that's true, but I think that Christians are using boundaries um, in circumstances like if they get offended or if they get confronted or if they get corrected, <laughs> then... Well, that's most of them. Most of the... We have to have boundaries because I just don't want to incur that anymore. Well, I think that we've talked about that. That's, I mean, and we had this discussion before. And I'm happy that you are agreeing that boundaries (laughs) are part of this because you kept going off of these these so-called boundaries when it was really just people honestly wanting to do what they wanted to do and use these boundaries as a way of manipulation to get what they want or get someone else to do what they wanted them to do. And well, right. So, and, and, and we weren't in, I mean, and that's why we were in such a, a, a back and forth on that last tape, which was, you are trying to say that my boundaries were those, and those aren't my boundaries. My boundaries are not that you hurt my feelings and now I just want to cut you out of my life. You know, if you hurt my feelings, I'm going to discuss it with you. And then if you choose to be that kind of person, then then we need to discuss, hey, we can't talk about, like, whatever. Let's say it's a topic that we have a disagreement with, and technically we're both not in the wrong. We just don't discuss that. when we're together I mean it's a good boundary where we can still be in a relationship in the body of Christ and there's no reason for us to discuss that anymore well that's the that's the whole point for me is that boundaries should not be dividing correct the body of Christ boundaries should be used in a way that like we said earlier they should restore a relationship or 
heal a relationship so that or grow a relationship or foster yeah grow yes. a relationship to where our relationships in the body of Christ represent Christ well to the world that's the whole point yeah. and I think if we just keep going around saying well you got to have boundaries when really we're just avoiding confrontation or we're avoiding correction or we're just saying hey I don't want to be around you because you kind of irritate me and you know your personality is not my preference I right. think that's where we're seeing a problem because people are calling that healthy boundaries no that's just selfishness and that's right see I just think that people use boundaries for themselves when in scripture so far we've seen that they're others focused God agreed. God yes. implements boundaries and tells us to implement boundaries in our own lives for protection and safety. So ultimately, the boundaries that God wants us to impose in our own individual lives keep us in submission to God's will. They honor God and they allow us to grow in our faith. Yes. Do you agree I'll, with that? Oh, totally agree. Everything that you said so far scripturally does that. If you do it right. under his um, guidance, or I yeah. guess you could say, well, his guidance from the Bible, which is, you know, what he commands us to do. Yeah. Yes. So I think, oh, this is, I just thought about this. So isn't it funny how everybody wants to put boundaries on relationships with others but we rarely think about these boundaries that God calls us to in our own individual lives and our relationship with him well all of those that you that just good. noted are that I know. You know it's it's about you and him and it's protection so for yourself good. so if we see God wanting us to implement these boundaries to foster our relationship with him then that's the motive that we should implement boundaries with other people. Does that make sense? Yes. Like my motive to put a boundary in a relationship, whether it be a friendship or you and I's relationship, the motive should be that the relationship gets better. It grows. It grows. It doesn't stop or terminate. Yeah. And the other motive should be that it benefits the kingdom as a whole, God's kingdom, that we, that we both, that the boundary allows us both to grow closer to God and grow in our faith. That's a tough one. No, it's not a tough one. I mean, we talk about that all the time. The more you, you get into the Bible and become I mean the whole point yeah. is to become more like Christ yeah. and to grow that relationship and the more you grow that relationship and you get more in the will of God then these relationships actually will you will be able to instead of you know perfect example is your yard you have a boundary of what you own in your yard you know your backyard might be fenced your front yard's not you know if you keep staying within God's will and his, his uh, instruction, you know, those boundaries will come to a point where it looks like the front yard. 
they're still there, but they're not yeah. a fenced in backyard that you can't get into. They're more, I guess you could say they're not controlled. They're more fluid to where we can have that relationship. It's a much better relationship. It's a healthier relationship because you know where I'm coming from, you know, they know where you're coming from. So it builds that relationship. Yeah. I'm just, I'm wanting just, I mean, for me personally, I'm just wanting to understand boundaries from scripture so that I grow in my relationship with the Lord and I use boundaries in a God honoring way in my relationships so that I'm not quick to put up a so-called boundary um, that's not others focused and it's not God honoring and I'm just using it as an excuse either to avoid confrontation or to avoid responsibility for something that I've done that I need to acknowledge and maybe ask for forgiveness and maybe reconcile with another person. I mean, well, in, in, in scripture, it clearly states how you're supposed to do that if you're in the body of Christ. So, I mean, we've had this happen to us as a whole, as a family whole. It wasn't just me and you. It wasn't just me. It wasn't just one of the boys. It was us as a whole. And, and that person was a a pastor Yeah. and he used zero biblical instruction to discuss the problem that was there. Right. You know, he basically put up that quote unquote healthy boundary and yeah. said, Oh, you're not allowed. Right. And, and none of it was scripturally. Yeah. The relationship was terminated. Correct. Yeah. When and we're all believers, when we're all believers yeah. and we were all at fault in for sure, the situation that happened, um, our response, his response, yeah. all of that. But there was no, yeah. you know, let me pull you back into the fold. Right. To be in the body of this group of Christians. Well, and that's why this discussion is so important because yes. we have to navigate relationships better inside the body of Christ. Correct. We're not doing the best job. And I don't know if it's because we're lazy or because we're not digging into scripture or I don't know why. We're just selfish. I'm, I mean, I'm talking to myself as well, because mm-hmm. like I told you, I've had relationships where I put up quote unquote boundaries and guess what? I didn't do it the right way and there's no relationship there anymore. It's right. there's, there's nothing. So that's not the way it's supposed to be in the body of Christ. So um, I think a good example of that in scripture is of course, Paul and Barnabas. I mean, I think that's the example that a lot of people um, go to for confrontation and conflict resolution. And I think it's a great example because uh, we can trust Paul because, you know, he says in Scripture that we are supposed to imitate him because his whole desire is to imitate Christ and that his life is a reflection of that. So I think it's a good example. Okay, Um, let's go there. Yeah, Acts chapter 15 um, that's where we find uh, the conflict between Paul and Barnabas. And I think this is great to look to in Scripture because um, Acts chapter 15, verse 39, my translation says that there occurred a sharp disagreement. 
between the two men. So between Paul and Barnabas, um, it, you know, it says. It doesn't say that they, you know, agreed to disagree. It says that they, <laughs> they were in disagreement. They didn't disagreement. see things yeah. the same way. You know, uh, Barnabas wanted to bring John Mark um, to the next missionary journey. And Paul basically said he dipped out on the first one. You know, I don't think he's reliable, and I just don't think that he should go along. And Barnabas said, you know, I just see it differently. I think I think he's okay. I think we need to <laughs> give him a second chance. And basically, Paul and Barnabas had to separate uh, because they just weren't of one mind at that point. So it's a great example of a conflict that two men did not avoid. That's the main thing that I want to bring up. They didn't use boundaries to avoid the conflict. They had the conflict. They were both in it, involved in it. And then they said, okay, we're, not, we're at an impasse. We're not going to be able to agree on this, so we're going to separate. And they did. But the very cool thing about that whole encounter is that in 2 Timothy 4.11, we see that Paul does call for John Mark to come back and you know finish a missionary journey with him and he even says that he will be profitable which means he is going to serve well i mean he is going to do well so i just think it's really cool that paul doesn't totally give up on john mark and say you're out i'm never going to you know trust you again he he gives him a second chance i mean which oh yeah is he, great. Yeah, because mo- most of the time when we get a conflict, and this conflict was about, you know, I guess you could say it was about church work. Well, sure it was. It was a missionary I mean, journey. Yeah. yeah. Well, what I wanted to say it in a way of it was church work. Oh, sure. And many times in church work, and you can use that as on the mission field, inside yeah. your church, out in the parking lot at your church. Yeah, just it serving. Was a, yeah. Yes, it was just a conflict that they disagreed but they still went and did the work oh man ronnie that's a great point i mean so, they still did so the no work one left the church <laughs> because no, they had a disagreement they just they still did the work yeah. they they didn't say and then okay, later I'm out because mm-hmm. we can't come to an agreement which right. is yeah which is what we sometimes do but so like i said in second timothy he calls for him again and and he um they go on a missionary journey together, and, and I just think that's a really great point in Scripture that conflict was not avoided, confrontation was not avoided, um, there was not an excuse with a boundary or anything like that. Um, they dealt with it, and then in the end, um, the relationship was restored, and there was reconciliation. And there was a lot of growth. Tons of growth. Um, I mean, we see growth in Paul, right, that he gives him another chance. He, you know, forgives him and acknowledges that um, he would he's be grown. helpful. To, yeah, he was, he's yes. grown in the Lord, and he yeah. would be helpful to him. And so not only that, but growth in the kingdom, right? Because um, even though they split their ministry, right, God's kingdom flourished. They, they went in two different directions, and like we said, they didn't abandon the church because they got in, in a disagreement. They just went in separate directions and kept seeking the Lord and doing his work. So it's a great example. 
I That's think. a good, yeah, it's a good example. It's a very good example. And I think, too, that we do need to talk about, because you brought it up, Matthew 18. I yes. think we do need to talk about how you do resolve conflict within the body of Christ. Without throwing up your yeah. healthy well, boundaries. Right, without just using that as a knee-jerk excuse to totally give up on the relationship. And now when you go to, to Matthew you're you're going to I hate to say it more of an extreme you know most of the times okay. yeah I, I want to clarify because most of the time we hear about quote unquote oh my gosh that person is toxic and they're out of my life and I'm going to put a boundary up <laughs> yeah. and normally when you yeah. hear those words you your red flag needs to come up and go okay wait a minute is the toxic person the one that's talking to me about putting the boundary up because normally it is, at least in my experience, the person that says, oh, no, we're, we've got to, we got to terminate this relationship because i got to put this healthy boundary up because that person's toxic. And usually it's the person saying that is the one that's toxic. Now, when I say that, most of the time it is superficial, self-preservation reasoning behind putting up the boundary. <clears throat> what you're fixing to talk about is more of a true sin being outside of God's will in a relationship with other Christians because that's the only way. I mean, this is about Christians. Um, so when you go to this, that's more of a, okay, this is a boundary in the church body that you're, you're, you're not doing what you need to do and it is, I mean, this is a good boundary verse, okay? Because there's boundaries to, that, that are set up that for you to be a Christian, there are boundaries. You know, there's expectations. Well, I think and, and if you're not glorifying God in those, in that little circle, then, then you need to go to Matthew and discuss it. So because you brought that up, let's just talk about that. First, about who is supposed to implement boundaries. So in a relationship, who is supposed to implement boundaries according to Scripture? Okay. So um, we're going to go to Romans. We were going to go to Matthew, but we're going to just pin that for a second. So let's okay. go to Romans 15, uh, verses 1 and 2. There's a lot of verses. We'll have to go back and put these on the website. Um, Romans 15, 1 and 2, it says, Now we who are strong ought to bear the weaknesses of those without strength and not just please ourselves. Each of us is to please his neighbor for his good to his edification. So who is supposed to recognize when to implement a boundary? That is the question. And that's what we all need to think about when we're talking about, well, I need to put up a boundary. I mean, who, who's supposed to recognize that? And what I'm asking you, honey, is the new Christian, the immature Christian, no. the weaker Christian, no. or the stronger Christian? Yes. Who is supposed to implement the boundary? I'm asking you. The strong, I mean, yeah. The more mature I mean, Christian. The man or woman who is further along in his or her faith walk 
should be the one to recognize, here's the kicker, when to implement a boundary so that the other person in the relationship is able to grow in Christ. That is the thing. And so just like you said, so often all these people who are saying, well, we need healthy boundaries and I, I use a lot of boundaries and I put up boundaries and I just had to put up a boundary with her. We need to understand that those people may misunderstand <laughs> boundaries in a biblical sense or th they're actually not very far along in their walk with Christ because I don't, you know, I don't need a lot of boundaries in my relationships because I understand grace and mercy and forgiveness and reconciliation and restoration. I understand those things. So I don't need a lot of boundaries. And we don't have a lot of boundaries. Right, because I can recognize, hey, that person is a new believer or they've, you know, they've not had a chance to mature a whole lot. So they're just acting, you know, the way that a new believer acts or they've not yet studied scripture a whole lot to get a broad understanding of these concepts. So, you know, there's no need for me to implement boundaries with that person. Right? Right. So uh, tell me if you've got two, let's say, new Christians. Wow. Baby Christians. Where does that go? <laughs> yeah, they're going to they're gonna have to have someone show them these principles about navigating relationships in a Christ-like way. So basically, we should have spoke up when we hear people say all this boundary talk and healthy boundaries. Here's the thing. Just having these conversations with you has really helped me. I'm glad understand. I helped you. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, no, it, and it has made me look back, Ronnie, uh, and look at relationships where I threw up a boundary when, you know, I was offended and now the relationship is, is terminated. Right. There's nothing there. And so that. There's nothing to even work on. No, there's nothing to work on. And so obviously that was wrong. That was my mistake. Um, I did that in haste, in selfishness, in self-preservation. And bec because if I had done it the way that we've just described scripturally, that relationship would not be dead. <laughs> it would at least, like you said, have some a semblance of breath that could be resuscitated. Right. But, but it doesn't because I did it wrong. I navigated the relationship. Do we have wrong. that on tape that she did something wrong? Wow. That yes. was. Can you run that back for me, please? So, yeah. okay, so let's just talk about that really quick about conflict resolution. Okay. Um, because if we do have some new believers who are listening to this episode, um, this might be beneficial. So, uh, Matthew 18 clearly outlines um, how to have a confrontation with another believer. And here's the thing. We're going to have disagreements in the body of Christ. We're going to have difference of opinion. We're going to have confrontations because we're just, unfortunately, humans. And most of them don't need to be addressed. Oh. Most. 
Okay. Most do not need to be addressed. But there is a lot that does need to be addressed because it does put in this um, fog or this darkness that shouldn't be in the body of Christ. Mm. So there are certain things that do need That's to, good. I mean, and, and here's the thing. Do I know what, you know, is there a, you know, is there a list of things that you need? No, I don't have a list of things that you need to go. Okay. I can let that slide and I can let that slide and I oh, can let that yeah. slide. I mean, really it comes down to where, where are they in this conflict? Yeah. It'll be with, circumstantial yes. and different to every situation. Yes. So go ahead. Okay. Matthew 18 um, starts in verse 15 and the Bible says, if your brother sins, go and show him his fault in private. Very important there. Uh, just you and he, if he listens to you, you have won your brother. But if he does not listen to you, take one or two more with you so that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every fact may be confirmed. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. So those are some pretty harsh verses. Uh, if you've never heard them before, um, but those are scriptural steps to conflict resolution. So um, if someone is sinning and they've done something, you go to them in private first. Then you take two or three more believers with you. Then you would go to the church. And then at that point, there is a boundary that is put in place for the purpose of that believer being reconciled so for the purpose of him being away from his church family in order to hopefully see his sin confess and be restored yes so i have one thing so on boundaries are we talking about boundaries this I have to start all over. So we're talking about boundaries mm -hmm. and you're bringing up this verses about sin. So tell me how all that ties together. You're talking about another Christian going to an, a Christian and saying your sin needs to stop. Then you go get someone else because they're not stopping. And then let's say they still refuse to acknowledge or, okay, Okay, I, so, I understand what you're asking, you're, I think. You see what I'm asking? I think, but so here's what we need to understand. So in the body of Christ, I could offend someone and not even know it, right? That, that's still sinful because I've sinned against that brother or sister in Christ, even though yes, I didn't. Yes, you know exactly in, where I'm going, so I want you to talk about it. Even though I didn't intentionally do that, and maybe I wasn't even aware of it, okay? But it is still sin that has caused a riff or division, Okay. Yes. So when that brother or sister comes to me, okay, and they say, hey, Carrie, you, you know, you've hurt me or you've offended me or whatever that, that charge is, right? It's at that point that I acknowledge and agree with them, yes, I did that. And I am very sorry and I am asking for forgiveness from you and I hope that you will extend that to me. And I won't do that again. So, and our relationship grows. And our relationship and should be restored. Yes. 
I just I wanted to make sure that we talked about that because when you read that passage, most people go, "Well, I'm not sinning," and uh, yeah, and and there's no there shouldn't be any boundary because I'm not sinning right. just because you got your feelings hurt. I sh- that's not yeah. sin. Okay, so I wanted to cl- I wanted you to clarify that because you can of course and do that much better than me. Just a little small caveat here. If you find yourself constantly going to someone, like you're going to this person and then you're going to this person and then you're going to this other person telling I can just them, cut them out. that they've sinned. <laughs> but but I mean if you no, constantly I know where you're going. Yes. find yourself invoking um, this these steps that Matthew eighteen outlines, I mean you probably need to look more inward because this would be a rarity, I would think, yes. more than a constant occurrence that you're just going around to everybody in private confronting them about something. Right. So, the, uh, you know, and I would I say that most that of those people are going to be the ones that are the, you know, toxic person <laughs> that I've been talking about the whole time. Because yeah. usually, that's usually where it, that's the person that is. Well, we also have to be careful, honey, because toxic people are the ones who need Jesus. No, I didn't say that they didn't. And they I need the didn't Jesus say that you didn't need you to show me. them Jesus. But yeah. what I'm saying is, is that if you you hear that more and more often, you know, usually that that's when you need to, like you said, do the self check of yeah, maybe it's me. That's what Matthew's saying in Matthew 18 is you to treat them as a Gentile or a tax collector. You are to minister to them. Yeah. As if they oh, yep. You can say that. So that's the point of, of Matthew 18, is that you would minister to that person. That's the, the, the point is reconciliation and restoration. Correct. So not that you would cut them out of your life, but that you would minister to them as if they were not already a brother and sister in Christ. In Christ, yes. You would go out of your way to minister to them so that reconciliation can occur. It's a great passage. And I think that I'm so proud of us because this was a much better discussion. We did better. We didn't like yell at each other and get all. I didn't yell at you the last time. Well, I was being heard. Being heard is a little different. I was just louder with my voice than yours. Yeah. And I pray that this discussion is beneficial um, to whomever is listening. Because I I do think this is a huge topic, especially with young adults, um, because they have just been told that they need to be in healthy relationships and have healthy boundaries and navigate those relationships well. And I agree with all of that. I just also think that we need to do it scripturally um, and in a way that honors the other person, honors God, and um, is in submission to God's commands. So, and that's probably pretty unpopular. (laughs) Because oh no! Oh yeah! I think that's probably pretty unpopular. Um, because well, you're taking yourself out of it, really. I know. You're you're looking at the other person for the yeah. Um, for yeah. every well, basically, you're you're putting these areas on the other person to try to glorify and build them up and create a, you know, um, if they're a Christ follower, of course, a better. Christ, little Christ, as we used, you know, we used before um, in many studies that you're trying to be 
like Christ. So if you do all of these things, it is going to hopefully in the end result is they're going to glorify God. And then that relationship, of course, will glorify God. Right. And then we'll build um, relationships in the body of Christ that are um, healthy and helpful to the kingdom growth. Yes. You know, that's the bigger picture is that that's what we need to understand. So hope this helps. Thank you for talking to me. You're welcome. See y'all. Bye. Go online and ask any questions. Oh, yeah. Tell them the Instagram, Instagram, Unpopular Truth Podcast, um, online, unpopular truth podcast.com. And we want to hear from you guys. <laughs>